Well, good evening. It's been a couple of weeks. Tonight's episode is all about superheroes. I'm Kat. This is Buckets. And we have our dear friend, Leon. Hi, how are you? I am a super zero. In other words, I've got absolutely no idea about superheroes, but we'll see what we can do anyway. I'm going to go into like a phone box outside and try to change outfits, but people are going to say, "You, why are you doing a nudie run in the bloody in the bloody phone box for yeah they, they, they call that a streaker in our times now okay so that's why i make sure i drink lots of windex because i have a strong urge to take my clothes off and run around but windex prevents me from streaking <laughs> windex solves everything according yes. to so uh, let's you know. get started back in the day superheroes were fun educational exciting and different we had superheroes such as wonder woman spider-man he-man batman Captain Planet, we had Iron Man, and we had Robin, uh, now, and so on and so forth. These superheroes were looked up to and loved dearly. My first question to you, Leon, is have we made our superheroes too work? Well, they've been too woke lately, especially, uh, I can't remember which one it was, but when I, one, of the, one of the superheroes just recently decided to go woke and all that sort of stuff. We don't need that kind of stuff in our in our with our superheroes, you know. I mean, have a cause, right? That's fine. Like maybe Captain Planet, he has a cause. He wants to save the environment. He doesn't want to save the environment by going woke. Do you think they? Well, I mean, technically, Captain Planet is was woke before the, there was woke. If you know what I mean. So, so when Captain Planet was make when his cartoon or the entire cartoon which was captain planet um that was that would that was completely different to all the other cartoons because it basically held a lot of truths so but it wasn't to the point where it was completely overpowering um where other people felt you know somewhat awkward or whatever it was just a gentle educational fun um thing that was sort of similar to superman which I kind of like, and there wasn't that, and there wasn't that many cartoons like that around. Not, I, I, so that's why I, that's why I look at Captain Planet as probably probably one of my favorites because he's not, I don't know, he's not really a superhero; he's more of a cartoon character. But still, the meaning is there, which means he's done something really good there. Hmm. Alrighty, next question. With great scrutiny, uh, with quote modern modern day superheroes. Uh, have we not realized that the modern day Mary Sue is really the male Superman? Do you want to explain that? Um, actually, yeah, it's it's really funny because it's like super. One of the reasons why I loved Superman so much is because I was a kid enjoying Superman, but he basically did everything. Okay, there wasn't really. I mean, there was a backstory where his planet was destroyed and he had to pretend to be human. Um, but he was basically good at everything and he can do everything. Now, today, there's this sort of Mary Sue thing where um, we have a female character that can literally do everything. But because our thirst and our um, needs have changed throughout the ages, before we didn't give a damn about any sort of backstory, really, we just wanted to see people fight and have action scenes, but we wanted our, now we kind of want our action movies to be more scientifically correct, 
if you know what I mean. Like we want them to be more realistic, and because we've demanded them to be more more realistic, um, we scrutinize um, our Mary Sues if they're good at everything without training. So that's where the scrutiny actually comes from, which is like it's not good enough just for them to be good at everything. They have to be good at everything but go on a hero's journey. And I think that's why a lot of people kind of, um, for lack of a better word, give them a a hard time, give female characters that Mm. are basically good at everything for the sake of being good at everything or for the sake of being female without actually having a real backstory as to why they're the best of the best of the best. But the, the stories like Star Wars, for example, well, particularly the, the old Star Wars where you've got Return of the Jedi, A New Hope, Empire Strike Back, Strikes Back, you'll find that characters like um, Luke Skywalker, um, he was training to be a Jedi as opposed to actually just being a Jedi like from the get-go kind of thing. And I think people appreciate that more because they recognise working hard to be the best as opposed to being the best without any backstory. I kind of have to agree because I feel like compared to before when, as Bucket said, the Mary Sue's didn't have a backstory, they were just seen as, you know, the, the damsel in distress by day. And the, what's the correct polite word of saying that someone like Mary Jane or Catwoman or Batgirl, you know, or whatever, like in the daytime, they come across as, you know, the damsel in distress needs rescuing, but at night she turns into this sexed up, you know, outfit that, you know, leaves little to the imagination, if you don't mind me saying so and turns her into this vixen of the night. And I think now now we see Mary Jane or Supergirl or, you know, Batgirl or whoever as, or in Star Wars, Rey as this empowering female who takes the lead over over the superhero guy and has a more of a backstory and isn't, I don't isn't think the damsel in distress? Isn't the damsel in distress anymore? Like she's, you know, strong, powerful. She's amazing. She's smart, well educated, grounded. You know, I, I gotta agree that you know, female characters and action heroes are more given airspace now, or if you say screen time to talk about their backstory and make them a bit more stronger what do you think i i don't think the well for a start i think that ray um never really had a proper backstory at all she was just good at everything and therefore she's a mary sue um but when it comes to say characters like princess leia where she actually did have a backstory but i mean the backstory was she was a leader already and she was a princess that's why she's princess um leia instead of just Leia because people already assume that she has a a leadership role whereas um, Luke wasn't really given um, a prince title per se so he 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 had to learn and learn and learn and learn to be 
the best. That's why in the Star Wars movies, um, Leia literally says, you've got a, um, a, a power that I could never know. And Luke just says, uh, no, that's not true. You see, I, I have a sister and you're it um in a in a gist kind of thing so you you can be you can be a jedi as well um and she freaks out and says oh 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 my god i'm related to vader okay so um you know i i think that i i I think that, that what makes princess leia so strong is that we already assume that she's a leader by the way that she behaves but um, Star Wars has already given her a title, but Ray really doesn't have a title at all. She's just good at what she is because without any backstory, without any knowledge of the character, without n- any knowledge of her parents or, or anything like that. In fact, we know absolutely nothing about her parents at all. Everyone has lots of assumptions that she, she was related to a Jedi or here or there, but there, there was no real grounding as to how she's so strong with the force. There was no comic books written about her or anything. She was just good at what she did because she was female. And that's mm. thanks to Kathleen Kennedy or, or whatever. But that's not to say that there haven't been strong female leads um, that haven't been in comic books. I mean, um, there's lots been lots of, um, you know, uh, x-men um female uh characters like storm for example um which have been extremely powerful leads um which in my opinion actually were was had a had a really good backstory and i think that's where they they really did concentrate a lot of um energy and time to add to the story and and that's why she's such it's not just her power that makes her great it's her backstory that makes her great as well next question um hang on before that right before that with with backstories written a lot of backstories didn't start coming into existence on a lot of these on a lot of these movies when it comes to the superhero they came in much later because like how they became to be and i think that's what makes a good uh good storyline you know is the is the backstory and if the backstory is somewhat believable people are going to buy into it and people are going to say okay this uh, we feel sorry for this person maybe or maybe it's a maybe it's a blessing or maybe it's a curse or whatever but the i think a good back a good backstory is what sells what sells a superhero you know whether or not we're for good or for good or for evil like why did this person do this and this bad thing and it's supposed to be a superhero is like it's like a I think it's a little gray area right now, especially with some of these superheroes that do questionable things, which, you know, I've seen that a couple, I've seen that in a couple of, I've seen that in some TV shows where the good guy has to play the role of bad guy. You know, that's. That, well, well yeah. the reverse, which is the yeah. bad guy that plays the good guy. I mean. Uh, it gives you know, himself for the cause. Like Joker, for example, is a perfect example of an anti-hero who's actually supposed to, this is why um, Joker is such a great movie because we all know that Joker is the bad guy, but it 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 it, it the way that it, the story is told, it's almost like you're rooting for the bad guy because you feel sorry for him, and you understand that the reason why he's so messed up is because 
of his um of how society treated him or was quite his neglected. backstory and and that's what makes the joker so such an interesting character it's that's but but he's but he's not even a, a good guy he's a bad guy that we love <clears throat> and throughout the whole movie it's like hey I, I i really support this guy i'm ready to fight for this guy and then you realize hang on a minute I'm rooting and fighting for a guy. We're supposed to be That's rooting the for the good guy. Why but, are we cheering yeah, for the bad guy? When we're, we're, we're should, supposed to be rooting for the, the good guy, but it's written that's so the- well. That's you know, the that, problem with that's the problem with some of these movies. You know, if you feel sorry for the bad guy, you want to be rooting for the bad guy. Where does that put you in a good guy versus bad guy scenario? You'd be rooting for the bad guy, and that's not the way that it works. You just be blowing off, you'd be blowing off half your half your quote unquote merch because the merch is centered around the superhero. Mm. Well, and I... yeah, if you got that kind of response, it doesn't quite work out the way it should. And then you're blown two characters. Well, I, I kind of think that it's um, to make Joker um, that sort of movie where it makes you kind of feel all different types of emotions all at once. So first you feel, okay, not sorry for this person because he's clearly the bad guy. And then you feel like you do feel sorry for him because he's having a, a rough life. And then you, you feel because he's been, excuse the language, kicked the shit out of on a, on a train station. Um, and then he stands up for himself. You thought, well, this is just self-defense. But then um, when he starts leading an entire city because um, there's a lot of people that feel neglected. You feel like going, hey, I want to join the cause. And then you, you, you're stuck with the thing of going, well, hang on a minute. I've just been going for the bad guy all this time. And he's, he's, he's like you said, done some questionable things. I shouldn't have been going for this guy to be going for this guy to begin with. And then you feel a little bit guilty. And I think the movie Joker was just one of those perfect movies that um, made you elicit about six different emotions that often contradicted each other. And then makes you think, I know this is the bad guy and, but I, I can't help but like this guy. Mm. It's, it's actually, that's why I think that was actually a really good movie. Now, next question. Well, George, uh, George Lucas explored the idea of the hero's journey, which is originally found in Greek mythology, i.e. Hercules. Uh, have our audiences expected that all modern day heroes today must have a hero's journey? I think we answered that one, but let's, let's look a little deeper. Like take, for example, whether you're looking at Batman, Superman, Joker, Robin, Captain Planet, Iron Man, Captain America, you know, Catwoman, Wonder Woman, uh, Lois Lane, you know, have our audiences expected our modern day superheroes, you know, to have a hero's journey, like from start of start of when they were born to adulthood to becoming, turning into that superhero. Like take, for example, Spider-Man. Peter Parker, we all know, went to university and then one day got bitten by a spider and then all of a sudden he became Spider-Man. Batman, his parents died after they got mugged and then he became the Cape Crusader of Gotham City. Superman was a news journalist in the Daily Planet 
you had Iron Man who I'm, I'm not even sure what Iron Man did beforehand. You know, things like that. Have our audiences expected our superheroes to have this amazing journey? Let's lighten it up a little. <laughs> okay, well, let me, um, okay, well, Iron Man's, to be perfectly honest, is a snob. Um, his backstory is basically sipping on martinis and being a complete smartass or the guy that you'd like to beat up in high school. Um, and then he got, became a paraplegic somehow, created his own heart, then became a superhero from a company that made, um, that sold arms. So yeah, that's his backstory. Um, <laughs> oh, and he rides in a red suit. Yeah. What about you, Leon? Uh, well, well, that's what most, most of the movies are these days. You know, most of these superhero movies are these days, you know, just, a <clears throat> just a normal person. And then there's a story in the middle and then w- why, and then you'll find out how this person became this. So, um, <clears throat> I, to be honest, I like the Batman storyline, obviously, because well, you know, Batman, obviously, Spider-Man. I have seen the Spider-Man. I've seen Spider... All right, for the record, guys, I have seen a Spider-Man movie. And I have seen a Batman movie. But the problem is the Batman movie I saw was the... 19, was it the 1970s one or the 1980s one? Where Batman had, like, the purple lycra and that bat thingy in the middle. Uh, that shows you what the last time I watched a Batman movie. No, I can't say that. I can't say that. No, I did, I did watch the... Um, I can't remember which Batman it was, but... Obviously, Batman's the main one that sticks out for mine. But he's a uh, he was like he grew up. Obviously, he wanted to avenge the the fellow that the, the the person that killed his parents. Next thing you know, he's becoming he's become a businessman by day, very successful businessman by day, and is uh, uh, you know gym junkie at night and puts on a bat suit and just go out and saves people. Uh, but yeah, I think that's that's the kind you know that's that's the one. Let's not forget the Riddler and the Penguin. The Joker, where did the Joker come from? The Joker came from the Riddler in the first, uh, well, in the in the Batman that had the Jim Carrey series in it when he played the Riddler. The Riddler's really Wasn't that Joker. Batman Forever? Wasn't that Batman Forever 95? I think so. And don't forget Mr. Freeze, you know, like we have, we talk, we talk a lot about the good guys. Let's focus on the bad guys. So Riddler. Uh, Mr. Freeze and Penguin. Well, it, well it's interesting that you min- uh, mentioned Dr. Freeze because Dr. Freeze is actually one of the few um, bad guys that actually has a legitimate story as to why you'd want to become a bad guy, and which was the fact that he was a scientist and they were they were doing tests on um, to try and save his his wife and Bruce Wayne Industries um, cut the power because basically he didn't want to have to pay for um, Freeze Industries. And as a consequence, his wife died. And for that reason, he wanted to seek revenge against Batman because he cut off the power. And that makes Batman look like a complete jerk, which he was, by the way. Um, So... Um, Dr. Freeze, um, even though, again, he, he seems like a bad guy, and he is, he's really someone just that, that's in great pain because he lost his wife. Um, that reminds you of Two-Face, doesn't it? 
It, it does because he was actually a lawyer um, and then got sprayed um, by another bad guy with acid or something like that. Um, and he was actually really um, a really successful lawyer, really good lawyer that people actually looked up, up to. So he was Harvey Dent. Um, and then he got dented. <laughs> I, think the, I, think the, I think the later movies with Two-Face, wasn't it the, late, the later movies with Two-Face? It was like uh, Bruce Wayne wanted to save save the girl and end up saving the guy and the girl died. And um, Two-Face ended up being a hospital because he's hideously scarred. And then the, uh, <clears throat> I can't remember if it was the Joker that came up to him. And then Two-Face was like, in the hospital, heard you win, tells you die. And quite frankly, the he, well, the Joker ended up living and the Two-Face tried to kill Batman. Let's, let's throw in a couple more names. We have Poison Ivy and the Green Lantern. Wasn't he a professor who, you know, turned, you know, not evil, but turned into the bad guy? Like, have you noticed most good guy superheroes were like, oh, yeah, we absolutely love him, but we don't. The thing what I love about superheroes is we don't put in, we should be, but we don't put enough energy into the badasses who really make the movie pop, which is Catwoman, uh, which is uh, the Green Lantern, which is Poison Ivy. Poison Ivy is another one, you know, because you have Poison Ivy and Catwoman in the same movie. Like, see, the thing is, I could see Poison Ivy easily joining Peter for sure. You know, I like (laughs) she's kind of one of those people that would definitely join Peter. If if there was a branch um, of dangerous environmentalist terrorists that maybe Peter would start, you know, um, Poison Ivy, Ivy would definitely join that. Um, but I remember the Riddler, he was a scientist as well, and he was just yeah. obsessed with Batman. Um, and it was it was unfortunate because he really liked Batman and um, Batman shafted him. And basically after that, he hated him after that. So it was like a love-hate relationship. Can you, can you imagine having a bad guy over someone you're really jealous of and then you hate them because you're jealous of them? And I think if you're looking at, oh. if you're looking at, say, for example, Catwoman and Poison Ivy in the same in the same Batman movie, for example, Lois Lane in the TV series of Lois and Clark, you know, Lois Lane in the movie Superman One and Two of the late Christopher Reeve. I kind of feel bad for Lois Lane. I I may feel bad for the other ones, but Lois Lane tugs at my heart because Lois Lane is also a news reporter by day who comes across as a damsel in distress when really. I think she's a journalist. Yeah, she's a journalist. She's a hard-hitting journalist. Yeah, but the thing is, back in the eighties, they didn't put enough em- emphasis on how to empower the woman because they want her to come across as, oh, you know, save me, rescue me, you know, you know, this. No, that. when but- you mention it, you talk about women and empowerment and stuff like that. Here's a little fascinating fact for you: a little bit. Of, we're going the Batman thing, right? Catwoman, you did mention Catwoman, right? That actually originally was in the 1960s version of Batman. But the crazy thing is, uh, one of the most independent women that you'll ever know, Leslie Gore, right? Singer, you know, actress. She actually did play the character of Pussycat in the Batman series in the 1960s. And she used her womanly ways to try and seduce Robin. Hmm. There you go. So that's a little bit of a backstory there for you too. For all those people that love music and also 
love Leslie Gore, just happen to know that Leslie Gore actually played Pussycat and Batman, and Leslie Gore was probably one of the most independent females that you'll know. That's impressive. That was the, that was the one where basically Batman legitimately danced with Catwoman in the sixties. And yeah, and, uh, and also you see the lame, you saw the lame displays every time like a punch happened or something. You see like a punch cow. and then kick what? and. That's, <laughs> These days, at least I would like to see that, but only for these days. That'd be tremendous to see. I think that's a lot of fun. Let's look at the next, the last two questions. Here we go. Uh, are there just too many superheroes? Buckets. Um, to be honest, I think Marvel has just way too many. I mean, I, I think, okay, so I was actually reading about this earlier and I heard that in the day, in around about the 80s, it was really, really, really hard to have crossovers. They didn't, Marvel really didn't allow it. Um, and DC was the same. They really didn't allow it. There was only one um, movie that had a crossover in the 80s, and that was between The Incredible Hulk and Thor. And there was one episode, and that was it. But for everything else, um, all the superheroes um, had um, their own shows, and they wouldn't allow them to have crossovers because they so that to people to the producers in the eighties, it said it wouldn't make sense um, to combine the universes together, even though it, it works really well now, right? Um, but to be honest, I think there's. Um, like I watched the last Marvel movie and I know Leon, you can actually help me out on what the title of that last Marvel movie was. I think it was, um, uh, it was basically when all the superheroes got together and they, um, the Avengers. Yeah. The, the, the Avengers, but it was like the last one of them all game plan or something. I don't know. Um, um, but I found it really, really boring because it was basically like a three-hour counselling movie about um, all the um, superheroes, um, you know, backstories and, and the lost loved ones that they lost and, and whatever. And I know it was meant to be really, really, you know, the best one, the best of them all, and it had 50 billion you know, um, superheroes in it, but it didn't have any real action in it until the last 20 minutes because the rest of the movie was taken up with just going through pretty much all of the superheroes. And I thought it was really, really boring. So in, in, in one, I think if you maybe put two or, or even three superheroes in the one um, series, you know, over a period of time, I mean, it, it might be okay, but if you have like 60 in the one movie or the one series, it, it doesn't feel like um, that particular um, hero story anymore. It just feels like another edition of another story. Like, I think one of the biggest complaints about, and I'm sorry to bring up Star Wars again, one of the biggest complaints about the book of Boba Fett is that the last um, two episodes of um, the, the book of Boba Fett um, really felt like um, another series of um, The Mandalorian because it was basically 
It involved Luke Skywalker, um, the Mandalorian, Ma- the Mandalorian, Boba Fett. Well, it was Luke Skywalker, the Mandalorian, um, Grogu, which is you know Baby Yoda, um, and um, you know there are even episodes where there, there was like the only it didn't feel like the book of Boba Fett anymore because Boba Fett was really only talked about you know in a conversation as opposed to actually seeing Boba Fett which I think is a real shame and for a series that only really went for seven episodes um, it seems like half of the series is taken up by the Mandalorian I mean don't get me wrong I love the Mandalorian but if you're going to call it the book of Boba Fett, the least you could do is have Boba Fett in it. Otherwise, it's not the book of Boba Fett anymore. It's the book of the Mandalorian. The only thing I want to say about that question is, are there just too many superheroes? And this is just a quick thing. We have in Marvel, right? We have Captain America. We have Batman. We have um, uh, Iron Man. We have Hercules. We have Spider-Man. We have all these sorts of characters, as Buckets was saying, which is in the Avengers, Captain America as well. All these characters in one movie felt like a counselling movie because it's just when you go to the movies and you're so excited about a superhero, right, whether you're an adult or a child or, you know, a parent or whoever in life, there are too many superheroes in one movie let's go back to originality and stick to one superhero that we can actually fall in love with because if you stick all these characters in one movie it's just it dilutes everything the stories don't make sense they're all going here there and everywhere and it just doesn't make sense doesn't add up to the beginning middle and an end and i for me to say that yes there are too many superheroes in one movie Kids. And also, and also, when it becomes to, it also goes to that movie. If you want to watch one of those kind of movies specifically for one character, and it has like a small amount of dialogue, then you just wasted your money. Exactly. That's the reason. That's the reason why those kind of movies. I think they should stick to. They have their own place in their comic universe or whatever. I think they should stick to that because I mean, the the reason why they won't is because it's made them so much bloody money. I'm just having a look here. It's, as far as the Marvel, I'm looking, what am I looking at here? I'm looking at, uh, say, this is an example. I'm looking at Avengers Infinity War. That's made them over $2 billion with a budget of $400 million and they come back with $2 billion. So that's the, that's the reason why they'll keep putting these kind of movies together, you know, these kind of movies that combine the marvel universe or whatever because of the success that it has eventually they're going to run out of plots and ideas and they're going to have to bag it eventually exactly but but right now they're not going to because it's so successful yeah i I think that what they've done is that instead of looking at at a, a story point of view which is what i think they should really base their success on that they're doing it from a um economic marketing point of view so it's like basically whatever your superhero is, he's going to be in, he or she is definitely going to be in this movie. So you should go see it because we've got something for everyone. But what's worse about this is they've also got Thor in the Avengers. You're mixing Thor with all these superheroes and your head just almost explodes because you're like, what's Thor? 
got to do with Spider-Man or Batman or Captain America or Iron Man or this character and that character and Captain America and, and, and Incredible the- Hulk and all these superheroes, including Thor, like, and well, Aquaman. It's like, well, hello. Like, the thing is, I actually watched Captain America, um, like the first Captain America. And um, I really liked the fact that when they made Captain America, it was set in um, one of the world wars. Now, I don't, it's not really clear which world war it actually was. I'm not sure if it was World War One or World War Two, but it was one of the world wars. Um, but it, it, it felt good because um, Captain America's character sort of fit in with his philosophy, his environment, um, his, um, you know, his, his way of um, thinking, of course, and, um, and the reason why he's, he's fighting who he's fighting, right? So he knows who his enemy is. Um, he, he knows what he has to do to become the hero that he needs to become. Even though he started off as weak as piss, he wanted to become a hero, even though everyone's telling him, look, you're going to live longer if you don't join this war, which is a fair, fair call. Um, but uh, he was he, he was born from the idea that this is like a World War One, World War II hero that just wants to do his bit. Then at the end of the movie, they basically crash him, put him in an iceberg, and then brought him back to the future where he's completely out of place. And I don't think the movies have been as great because you've got a World War II slash World War I character fighting wars that are effectively either in the present day or the future. And exactly. it, doesn't, it doesn't quite fit his character really well, to be honest. And that's what I didn't like about Captain America. Um, but, um, you know, when you've got, you know, characters like Wolverine, for example, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Wolverine was basically, he's basically invincible, but he was created by the government to kick ass, basically. And that's what You'd I forget the Wolverine, even though it's Hugh Jackman. Ah, good old Hugh Jackman. Yeah, yeah. Trust, an, trust an Australian to know how to fight, right? Do you, do you know, just before we finish off, what I've noticed is it's like taking, it's like taking Transformers and putting uh, and putting uh, the Hulk in it, or Transformers versus. I'm surprised that they didn't, to be perfectly honest, because they could have. They've, they've, they've done every other superhero. I mean, the only person that they're honestly missing is Super Ted. Or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles versus Super yeah, Ted. Yeah, seriously, they should have. What put a name! What a name Marvel that was! Movie. I think I was that from the '80s. Yeah, let, let's put Super Ted, and and we'll put Spotty in there, and Captain Planet. Yeah, that's right. We'll put the a Captain Ninja Planet. Tur- we'll throw them all in, right? And then I think they did at one stage. I think they did one stage. I think it was called the Cartoon All Stars or something. I think it might have been back in 1990. But I know there was some sort of message around it. I just can't remember what it was. But it was one of those rare occasions where they broke the fourth wall in cartoons, where they brought in cartoons, say like the Ninja Turtles. I think I'm pretty sure they were in this one. Plus, a cartoon characters that were from different uh different cartoons and they brought them all in and just one uh it's been a very long time i think i've only ever seen this cartoon once but if you go i reckon you probably find it on youtube or something the cartoon i think it was called the cartoon all-stars 
that's one of the very few times where cartoons actually broke that fourth wall. Now, there has been a couple of times where that has been broken, obviously the Jetsons with the Flintstones. That's what's one of those situations where they broke the fourth wall in cartoons and other examples when the Simpsons teamed up with Family Guy for that one episode as well. So I would love to see <laughs> Simpsons, King of the Hill, Futurama, Family Guy, American Dad, or Smashed into One Superior. Well, it's it's actually well, hang on, well, hang on. You mentioned that. You mentioned that the Simpsons actually did that with a cameo with King of the Hill at one stage. They did yes, that they have, one time. And yeah. they, they actually um, did create a sort of a card power game, right? Um, where you, whoever had the, the the top card. Uh, and you could mash them together and, and play on, on a game where it actually did convert all of the ones you just mentioned, which was Simpsons, King of the Hill, Futurama. And there was there was one other one as well. That What was the other one, the fourth one you mentioned? So American King, Dad. American Dad, there you go. Yes. So it had American Dad, Simpsons, Futurama, and King, King of the, the Hill Hand. all together. And it mashed that up and turned that into... Family Guy, don't forget Family Guy. Oh, yes, and it also had Family Guy as well. I can't remember the, the actual name of the game, but you can actually download it um, um, from uh, my apps or whatever. Yeah. Um, so they actually did have that, um, and um, although they technically haven't done it um, per se, you know, in their own cartoons, they've, they've, they've definitely thought about it because they all would have had to have had... Um, um, you know, they've all had kind of jokes um, around uh, surrounding each other. Um, you know, the, like Futurama jokes have basically, um, you know, got sought permission off the Simpsons to get to to make a, ser- a series about them, and uh, Family Guy have done it um, to the Simpsons as well. Even South Park even made a deal with the Simpsons to do to, um, to basically to the cameo, and then literally just. Turned on. The- I think I've I think I've seen something like that that happened with uh, an episode of South Park where, for some I don't know for some reason they, they started turning into Simpsons desperate. characters after they were hallucinating and start to, one of these guys started hallucinating started seeing things because he was trying to find ways to kill everybody, and for some reason it would always, the payoff would always end up being that one of the members of the Simpsons did that already and it drove him crazy and next thing you know all the Sims, all the South Park characters ended up looking like Simpsons characters. I remember that episode. I, I just, I just remember one of the episodes where they said, "Hey, let's let's look at the television to see what other cartoon networks um, would do in this situation." And yeah, you know, yeah. Um, uh, Cartman's just like, "Dude, we're not that desperate." just for the record guys remember i mentioned about that cartoon thing it was called cartoon all stars to the rescue back in 1990 i knew i was onto something there let's finish it off by asking our new viewers which i'd like to welcome our new viewers and current viewers and subscribers we would the three of us would like to ask you who are your favorite superheroes why and what makes them unique and what back, what's your favorite backstory about them? And which superhero would you like to see, you know, have his or her own uh, hero's journey, hero's story, and um, what's your favorite memory of them? Oh, me first or? Hey. Me first? That's not I my think, superhero. No, that's for our viewers <laughs> and subscribers to talk about. Oh, damn it. Not yes. us? No. Oh, what? Time's run out. Oh, I was going to tell the whole. No. 
<laughs> it's all right. Thank you so we much. We could be here all day. Seriously. Yes. Thank you so much for joining uh, joining us, Leon. We will see you next week. Don't forget to subscribe on our YouTube page and click that bell. That bell will give you all the content that you need to watch on our podcast. We're also on anchor.fm and on Spotify as well. Make sure you follow us everywhere. Tell your friends and family and let us know in the comments what you like, what you don't like, and who your favorite superheroes are. Also tell your enemies as well. It'll spread quicker. <laughs> so thank you so much. And we look forward to joining you next week. Until then, good night. Bye. Bye, Leon. Bye.